1995, the breakthrough came for Jan Johansson. He ended up in a Swedish pre-selection with a song that was originally written for Christer Björkman. You know, the guy who came second to last in Eurovision 92 and later came to reshape both the Swedish pre-selection and the Eurovision as a producer. I know you love when Sweden is meddling all the time. This was to be Christa's revenge and comeback song in Eurovision. But as we all know, that didn't happen. And instead it became a huge success for Jan Johansson. Let's hear the true story from Jan about the song Sia på mig, which this year celebrates 25 years. More champagne for Lulu. This is Eurovision Legends and I'm the party bouncer Emil Lövström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Jan Johansson. Thank you, Emil, and Eurovision Legends, and all the Eurovision fans out there. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm uh, fine. I just uh, came out of the gym. I have to take uh, take care of myself, you know. I'm just starting to uh, work out a little bit, so I'm happy about that. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My first memory of you is from 1993 when I saw the music video of Lost in Paradise. Wow, that was a long time ago. You're, you're so young. Do you remember it from, from 93 or have you seen it afterwards? Of course I've seen it afterwards, but I remember it from 1993, yeah? All right. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was running uh, in Stockholm with my hands in my pocket. I learned uh, the hard way after that, that you never run in Stockholm with your hands in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> when there was sunshine, some rain will always fall on my parade. More different faces to every all night dance and masquerade. I turn the hand on the clock, the key in the lock, and here I am. Here I am. Another day in life, another day in time. Two hearts in perfect rhythm, three ones in perfect rhyme. We're reaching for the stars now, we're reaching for the sky. I never will be lonely, there's no way to deny. The song was composed by the same team that later composed Sia på mig. That's right. Bobby Jorgen and Håkan Angqvist. Yes, but your first release was back in 1987 with the song Radio Waves. Oh, you found that one, did you? <laughs> that yes. wasn't a smash hit. That was not a smash hit, no. But not everybody makes the first single a smash hit. special day in 1994, you accidentally arrived four and a half hours early to a studio where you were supposed to sing a demo, which is why you ended up singing another demo that wasn't meant for you. And this is a hilarious story, unless you are Christy Björkman. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely uh, correct. Uh, 
a few weeks earlier, I was in this studio outside Stockholm, and uh, a guy there, a composer, asked me if I can come back to the studio another time and, and sing a demo of, of his that he was supposedly uh, meant to send to the, to the Melody Festival. And I said, yes, of course. What, what time? What day? And uh, this was pre-iPhone, pre-digital uh, calendar. So I, I wrote it down on a piece of paper when I was supposed to be in the studio. So I put the piece of paper in my pocket and I went home and I put it on, the, on my, uh, you know, the big TV, fat TV, as you call it. And this piece of paper disappeared. So when this day came, I, I, knew, I knew the day, but I had no clue what time I was supposed to be in the studio. So I was like, maybe it's one o'clock. So I, I get into the car and I went there and I miss, missed the exit. So I came there late, I thought, like uh, 1.30. And um, when I came into the studio, I said, oh, sorry, I, I went, uh, I, I, I didn't know the time or something, I said. And, and uh, this guy wasn't there, but Bobby Jungen and Håkan Alfis was in the studio. But I thought that maybe they work in the same studio. They work together. It's, it's, uh, this is the song I'm going, supposed to sing. So I, I didn't know. But uh, they were acting a little weird. And they were working with this beautiful music that didn't have uh, lyrics. And they asked me, would you like to sing on, uh, on this demo? And, and we can make up some uh, English. Uh, you know, there was no lyrics. So we made up the lyrics. Yeah, sure. And I just, uh, you know kept my uh, posture and uh, pretended that I know, know what I was doing, you know. So, so I uh, sang on this song and uh, it turned out very nice, uh, very beautiful melody and I really liked it. And afterwards they say, and, uh, and then you're going to sing with this uh, other guy at six o'clock, you know, one hour later, because uh, a couple of hours have, have uh, passed now. And, uh, and I said, yeah, sure, you know. Like I was, I had no clue, but I, I, you know, pretended that I knew what I was talking about. So, and then they left and this other guy came and I sang on this song and I went home. Next day, Bobby Jungren called me and said, you know, this song you, you sang yesterday, your voice it really fits this song, you know, it, together with the, with the melody and your voice, you have a, like a rock, a, a rough voice. And it fits the song perfectly. Uh, would you like to sing it if we uh, get uh, real lyrics to it? Yes, yeah, sure. I said, I, I liked it very much. And I had no clue that this song perhaps was for someone else. I, di I didn't know anything about that. I just knew that it was a nice song. And Ingela Pling Forsman wrote uh, a great lyrics for this song. Actually, we had three different people writing lyrics for this song because I knew one and uh, Håkan knew, knew somebody and, um, and Bobby wanted uh, Inge Lapping Forsman. And then we had a little competition and we opened these envelopes with no names on them. And we, we the three of us f fell in love with uh, Inge Lapping Forsman's lyrics. It was beautiful. So uh, I sang this one and we sent it into the Melody Festival and uh, got accepted. So I went to Malmö and sang down there and, and, and won. And I, over, over one night, I was uh, a household name in Sweden. Everybody knew, knew who I was. And I was in, in front of all the magazines and papers in, in whole Sweden and uh, top the charts uh, everywhere that, that year in, uh, in 95. So it was crazy. So 
but it was like meant to be, you know. It was uh, I was lucky, you know. I, I I came four and a half hours too early, but maybe something led me there. I don't know because it's like destiny or something. Börja växa och få liv På nattens Have you ever talked about this with Kristi Björkman? Uh, not really, I don't, I don't think so. We, we worked in the late 90s. Uh, we, we were touring out uh, in, in Sweden and uh, then we lost contact a little bit, you know. I haven't been in the festivals uh, in 17 years until they asked me this year, but we're probably going to talk about that later. <laughs> but um, but uh, then I met him and uh, it was nice to see him, but, but we haven't really talked about that. Uh, I hint about that when I do like concerts, when I, when I talk between the songs, because I like to uh, be funny and entertaining, entertain the, the audience and talk about these things. And uh, uh, so I hint a little bit that maybe I stole Christy Björkman's uh, song. But when, when we went to Eurovision afterwards in Dublin, I brought my whole family and uh, Christy Björkman tagged along as well. So he, he uh, met a lot of people down. So uh, he got into this uh, Melody Festival and Eurovision contest thing in a completely different way than I did. He uh, was happy about that, I think, also. So we were bo- both winners. The stage clothes were made by the Swedish very known drag queen and designer Christa Lindarv. And from what I understand, the inspiration came from a picture your father made. That's right. My father, he was a drummer, a jazz musician from Norway. And uh, he played with uh, Lil Babs, Monica Settelund. He played with Monica Settelund. Didn't go so well in the Eurovision, but uh, she had a long, great career in, the, in Sweden. And... Uh, a, he played with a lot, lots of people, but, but he um, did also go to uh, art classes in uh, in Oslo. So he he was uh, a little bit of an of an artist also. So he had a dream. He didn't like uh, he didn't really like Melody Festival and and the Eurovision and and uh, that kind of music because he was into jazz. But when I got into this uh, with this song, he uh, he enjoyed it very much and he was very proud. And he had a dream of how he wanted me to look. So he made a drawing and uh, gave it to me. And then I brought this drawing to uh, Christel Lindarv. And he asked me, he, he, take, he took a look at it. And he asked me, is this how you want to present yourself? And I said, yeah, I think so. I, I thought that uh, was a good idea. It looked, looked very good. Okay, then I designed it. So he, he uh, made the design and uh, they... Uh, stitched it together and uh, that's what I wore in, in the Melody Festival. Together with the band Arvingarna, who represented Sweden in 1993, you were the favorite to win. And I wonder here, except your song, did you have a favorite of the other ones? In the Melody Festival? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cecilia Wendersten, the vackraste, was a, a very nice song. I like that very much. I haven't been in, in this kind of thing before, you know, so I, I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know if uh, the audience 
or, or the jury if they would like me or if they liked a ballad or so but it was two ballads it was the vackraste written by Nanne Grönvall and Maria Rådsten and uh, Peter Grönvall we were close call all the way up but I I won with a I don't know how many points but uh, she came second and uh, and I'm happy for that because it, it was two very good songs it was really nice and that was a huge hit in Sweden and in Norway also yeah you won with a margin of only three points yeah that was right that was only three points yeah I remember now yeah <laughs> hosted this year for the third time in a row and for the second consecutive year in Dublin at the Point Theatre. I was like more no- nervous in Malmö really because that was the first steps on the big stage you know. Yeah. In, in uh, the Point Theatre it was so big so I I, I couldn't grasp it so I, I of course I was a little bit nervous but not as nervous as I was in, in Sweden but, but it was very big thing for me. Do you remember anything special that happened behind the scenes? Odd Wilken from uh, from Denmark. She had a sore sore throat, and I had some uh, C vitamin uh, powder that you put in hot water, and uh, it's really good for the throat. So I gave her that, and uh, she was very happy for that because uh, it really worked for her. And then um, I had like a. The folder with all the contestants and all the pictures, you know, the booklet. I went around to everybody and, and got the autographs. But I think I had a, like, like a contest on, on my fan page. So I gave it away to some member of my fan club back back then, I think. And, you know, when I grew up, I, I really liked uh, Thin Lizzy uh, group from uh, from Ireland. Phil Linnock, the singer, he, he passed away in the 80s. And... Um, of course, I did a lot of interviews and, and things in, in Dublin. And, uh, but I, I had one day off that week and uh, I really enjoyed that, but I didn't know what to do. So then I was thinking about uh, Phil Lynott and uh, he was buried outside uh, Dublin there. So I decided to uh, maybe go out there and uh, pay a visit. So they, they were a little... Uh, stunned by uh, that the singer from Sweden want to go out to um, pay respect to an Irish singer and they they arranged the whole day for me with a car and everything and I went out and I bought flowers and when I came there to to the gravesite I saw that there was another car there with with uh, dark uh, windows and a woman standing in, by uh, by the grave and I came there and uh, I understood that it was Philinot's mother Philomena and um, we were standing there for for a while quietly, and after a while, she uh, she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, "Thank you for loving my son." And then uh, we were standing there, looking at the grave a little bit, and then um, she asked me, "Would you like a cup of tea?" And I said, "Yes, please." So we went to her house and had tea, and uh, I was there the whole day, and uh, it was a memorable occasion uh, that I will treasure. For the rest of my life. Yeah, I can understand. Beautiful. Yeah. 
You came third with exactly 100 points. Spain was the runner-up, and yep. Norway won with the Human Nocturne. Yes. Opinions about the outcome? Uh, in uh, Dublin at that time, if you wanted to uh, earn any money, you shouldn't bet in the betting office. You shouldn't bet on me because I was the favorite in all the betting office. And Norway, you can win a lot of money if you if you play on Norway because no one believed that Norway would ha have a chance because they it was like folk music and uh, <clears throat> the Swedish um, key harp uh, player Osa Jinder was in the, in the group Secret Garden beautiful music don't get me wrong I, I uh, really enjoyed the music but um, no one uh, really believed that they would uh, win but then I came third and Norway won and uh, everyone was uh, really uh, a little bit surprised had any thought of being in the Melody Festival. I just came four and a half hours early to a studio and, uh, and I got this beautiful song. And then I could go to Dublin and be in this fantastic, great competition. And here I am, I came third. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm very happy for that. In Sweden, your album sold 160,000 copies and the single Sepome over 50,000 copies. Yes. What an impact. That was a very big impact. And that's a lot of uh, albums for uh, uh, Little Sweden back in th those days. Nowadays, uh, we don't sell albums anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's too bad, but it was fantastic. It was crazy. I did everything. I did the touring, all the interviews. I was really shy, you know, in, in interviews. I didn't know what to say. You know, I've been playing drums and, you know, singing and uh, playing music all my life. I, I never talked to a journalist, you know. I, don't, I don't, didn't know what they wanted to know, you know. So in the beginning, I was very shy and didn't say so much. But uh, you can say I grew up, you know, a little bit and uh, learned how to talk to... Uh, journalists and uh, touring, making albums, writing songs, arguing who's going to write the songs, what music are you going to sing? <laughs> you know, all this, uh, it's like a struggle a little bit. Record company want me to do this and I wanted to do, do that. And, you know, it's, uh, but uh, we, we made it. We, we uh, had like 10 years working with music in, in this crazy uh, industry and uh, I'm still here you know yeah and I, I'm, I'm really happy to be uh, to be here and uh, still be able to sing and uh, work with uh, that I love and uh, meeting the audience and uh, nowadays it's really sad you know these times that uh, I can't tour I can't I can have a little concert with 50 people and uh, but it's not the same you know but um, I do it because I love it but I really hope that the society will open up again so we can tour and uh, meet and greet with, with each other, you know, and do OGIA shows and stuff like that around in Europe. That would be great. When this is over, we have to celebrate, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely yeah. must. Yeah. Six years after, in 2001, you were back in the Swedish pre-selection with the song Ingenmans Land, written by Bobby Jungren and Ingla Pingforsman. 
again. Yeah. Tell me, was this the first time you tried to take part since 95? Uh, yeah, of course, a lot of things happened, you know, after winning and, and uh, coming third in the Eurovision. This uh, kind of success taking its toll, you know, you, you get tired uh, in your body, you get tired of yourself. So I wanted to write music and, you know, to be a little bit on my own. So I was sitting in the studio every day for a couple of years, doing less and less gigs. And uh, one day Bobby asked me if I would like to hear a song that he was working on. So I listened to it and uh, thought it was a be beautiful song. It was not the same as Sepome, but uh, it was a different, different song, a little bit downbeat. It brought me from my exile in the studio, you can say, up to the stage again. And uh, I'm very happy for that. Was this the only song you submitted to 2001? Because I know you submitted a song to Norway. That's right. The same year. I, you know, I've been writing music and uh, I, uh, I had a, a Nor Norwegian friend who uh, said that he needed a song for an artist and uh, asked me if I could uh, try to write something for a Norwegian artist, Rasmus Högset. And uh, Jürgen Elofsson and Max Martin, they were really big back in the 90s and 2000 in the beginning. So I wrote like a Westlife Backseat Boys song, I thought, Looking for Love. And they really liked it. I've been looking for love. Good-looking guy, you know, a great singer. But he had a, a little difficult uh, manager because I wanted to talk to him directly and I had to talk to him uh, with the manager and, and things like that. I wanted to be there for support, supporting him because Bobby really supported me when I was in the Melody Festival in Eurovision. So I wanted to be there for him, but, but I couldn't because the manager, you know, and... Uh, he was really nervous and uh, the audience really screamed when he got on stage and it's, it was looking pretty good. But then he got a little bit nervous and he uh, made some uh, mistakes with the lyrics. And, and then I, I think it came s number seven or something. It came number six. Six. All right. That's good. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. You know, I was working pretty hard back then, but I was also partying. I have to admit, I... I, uh, I party a lot. Maybe I wasn't really happy back, back then uh, for different reasons. I was tired and it uh, goes up and down a little bit. And I was a little bit down uh, at, at this uh, point in my life. Why, I don't know, because everything was going very good for me. But uh, that's strange. But, uh, but he came sixth and I, I maybe came seventh. In, in no, my... you came fourth. 
fourth. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> Because <laughs> when, I, when I won with CFMA in 95, every journalist wanted to talk to me. Everybody was, you know, wanted to interview me. When I came fourth with Ingemar's Land, it was like one journalist of all. So I, I felt both things, the success And I also felt what happens when you when you don't win. So uh, it was not a fun thing, but uh, it, it's a learning experience. Yeah, but you weren't discouraged. And the very next year, you made a new attempt with the song "Sist on the Target." Yes, I'm happy for the ability to uh, to have a chance to make a second attempt after that. So I was very happy for that, and I felt better at this time. And, uh, you know, maybe been to the gym a little bit and maybe not partying so much. And I really like the song written by Thomas Tornholm and Don Atlerud. On the turned out really good. They went to the final. This was the first year with uh, like a second chance uh, thing. And then I went to the final and uh, Aphrodite won that year. And uh, But, but uh, it turned out really good. And I, I was really happy about, about that song. And I, it's still a hit and uh, people still requesting this song in, uh, in Sweden. They really, really like it. Number one is Seppo May, and after that it's uh, yeah, Sista Target. The year after, in 2003, for the third time in a row, you competed again. And this time the song Let Your Spirit Fly. It was written by my good friends Anders Danvik and Ola Höglund. And they gave me the permission to play the original demo that was played for you when you heard the song for the first time. Wow. So let us listen. Yeah, fun. The girl was who sang on this demo. Uh, sorry, not really. I I know he wrote the song for an ex-girlfriend of mine, Tina, a uh, long time ago in the 80s. But who was the demo singer of Let the Spirit Fly? No, I'm sorry, I don't I don't recall. It was your old flame, Tina Reklander. It was. <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't know that. I know that he wrote a song for her in... in uh, 94. 94, yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't know. I, I, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. But I really liked that, that uh, first uh, demo. I liked the sound of... Uh, of uh, it was like a mystic, uh, good, uh, nice vibe to it. 
Yeah, and I know that Ola Höglund is a very big fan of One More Time. Yeah, a little bit of One More Time. I, re- I really like those uh, songs also. Big, uh, epic sound. Let your spirit fly over mountains high Spread your wings like an angel in heaven above Let your spirit fly, we can touch the sky I will surrender to sure that this song is still a favorite with Eurovision fans around the world and it finished second in Melodifestivalen. Yeah, close call. Yeah, <laughs> very. And some years later, the flamboyant Russian artist, composer and producer Filip Kirkorov, who you Kirkorov. actually competed against in 95. I met him in uh, 95. Uh, he was there from Russia with Alla Pugacheva. Yeah, they were together then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, together with the Be- Belarusian singer Angelika Agurbash from Eurovision 2005, covered. And I know of another version of the song that you sang together with the Maltese, three-time Eurovision artist, Kiara. Yes, Kiara, yeah. She, I met her in Stockholm ten years ago. She was uh, here uh, doing some promotion and a couple of concerts, I think. And we were supposed to do uh, a gig for the Eurovision fan club and uh, someone wanted us to do something together and and uh, i didn't know what to do i didn't have a, like a song ready but it was it was so fun if we could do something you know so i i suggested that maybe we could um, use the background for uh, this is maybe illegal <laughs> but maybe we can use the background for um, uh, let the spirit fly the sing back and i can do some more some uh, new lyrics and uh, and maybe she can record lyrics also i don't really recall where she did the recording, but we didn't. I don't think we did the recording at the same time. But I never used it, and I never played it uh, publicly before. So you're the first if you're going to play it. <laughs> yes, let's listen to it. Yeah. Let your spirit fly. We can touch the sky. I will surrender to. Fly, we can touch the sky 
same year, 2003, you competed as a songwriter with the song You, sung by Pandora. That's right. Tell me, was this this song written especially for her? Not really. Uh, it sounds a little bit that, like, uh, that you know the, know the answer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I wrote this uh, for, and uh, she helped out with the lyrics a little bit also for um, Shirley Clamp. Yeah, a fantastic uh, Swedish artist singer. She never been in the Eurovision, right? No. It's it's time for her to be in the Eurovision. She has a great voice. She is uh, also a big uh, entertainer, and uh, she helped out with the lyrics. And uh, we made a recording with her vocals. And uh, I I wrote the song and produced and everything. We sent it into to the jury and the festival. Got into the competition. It got uh, submitted. She, she, uh, she, we, we, were, we were on the same record company, and she uh, were also worked with uh, with Bobby at this this uh, time, and they decided to to do a, another song called Mr. Memory uh, that they thought uh, suited her better, you know, her career and, and things like that. So I didn't have a, I had a song in the in the competition, but I didn't have a singer. So at that time I. I think I did like a job with Pandora. I, I don't really recall how how I did that, but I played the song for her, and she liked it very much. And she uh, and I asked her if she wanted to uh, to do it, and she said yes. So that was it. So then Pandora uh, did the, did the song, and she did a great job, I think. Did you ever record it yourself? Yeah, I have a demo. Can we listen to it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> recorded many songs that have been submitted to the Swedish pre-selection throughout the years. Can you reveal any of them? Yeah, it's one. It's Water Under the Bridges and there's no harm in uh, talking about that, I think. But one year Henrik Setson uh, played me a very nice song. It's uh, called Calling Out Loud. 
Yeah, and it was written together with Anders Danvik. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Uh, and I uh, put the vocals on that and really liked it because I, I really liked, you know, uh, light, Love Shine a Light with Catherine and the Ways. And it was was a heavy song like that with uh, guitars and things like that. I really liked that sound. So calling out loud. And we we um, submitted that to the, to the contest, but it didn't make it. Uh, that year i'm sorry you can be whatever you Another, another song uh, made it called uh, In the Name of Love. Yeah. That made it. And they sounded a little similar. So we were a little little suspicious about that. But uh, Magnus Becklund did that very good. And he uh, he did a very, very good uh, melody festival that year. So I'm happy about that. But they, they were a little bit similar. So uh, we were a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I did a theory of rejected songs to Melody Festivalen yeah. and I got over 2,000 songs. Wow. Mm. Three of them you sang. Three of them, okay. Yeah. Mm. And one song was Without You in My Life. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. I wanna live The other one was Three, written by Micke Wendborn. That's right. know that he uh, sent that one okay mm. and the very beautiful ballad minnen 
that's also a nice one. It's a little bit different. Uh, it was like a beautiful uh, little lullaby. It was not a big song or, or a fast song or a, or it was a, like a very slow and, and a nice song, nice melody. Yeah, and very nice lyric. Very nice lyric. songs do you think you have sung that have been submitted to Melody Festival and throughout the years? Wow, I don't I don't really know. Maybe uh, more than 10 and less than 20 maybe. Something like that. <laughs> Why do you think it took so long time for you to compete again after 2003? I don't know. I, I haven't really competed uh, since 2003. I, this year was really something uh, special. It was something else. But um, I, I didn't feel really like I was in the competition. I was uh, helping the composer, Gerson, and the Melody Festival team keeping this song in the competition. They asked me and I agreed to, uh, to do the song for Torsten Flink because he couldn't perform his song for uh, his reasons. And um, I agreed to do it. And... Uh, Maybe I'm a little bit crazy. Maybe I uh, like a challenge, and um, it was uh, it was fun, you know, to be in the hot air balloon again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as the Melody Festival could be, you know, with all the media and uh, to be on the big stage again. But uh, it it was like it was not really my kind of song, but it was a beautiful song. Uh, but it was written for Torsten, and uh, it's like a dark actor type should sing that that song, <laughs> like Frank Frank Sinatra say, uh, "I did it my way. I did the best uh, I could with um, in the situation." All the other singers and artists they had like six months preparing for uh, this occasion. I had six days, and during these six days, I had two gigs also. <laughs> so I, I came in to Gothenburg to Scandinavium uh, first time on Friday and on Saturday it was the broadcast so those days I spent just memorizing the melody and the lyrics for the song but I, I like a little bit of pressure as well you know but you did a great job but I wonder because I met you in Linköping one week before at a welcome party for the first semi-final yeah had you been asked then? What what they did we meet? We met on Thursday, I think. Or yeah, no, I, they asked me on Friday. Okay. Uh, they didn't ask me if I wanted to do it. They asked me if I was able to do it. If the if they wanted me to do it, but it was not really 
sanctioned with uh, everybody. You know, they have to talk to Torsten. They had to. Um, they had to uh, do the, all the legal stuff, you know, and, and, and decided in Stockholm what, what to do in this situation. And uh, is, maybe there is uh, a chance that Torsten can do it. They didn't want, you know, to, to, uh, to change the artist, but maybe they felt that they had to legally. Yeah. So on Friday, they just... Uh, Asked me a little bit what what I was up to in the next week, and I said I had uh, I had four gigs then, but I I had to cancel two of them if I was doing this to think about it, and then they went back to me on Sunday, asking if I can, they want me to do it, uh, they want me to sing Torsten Flink's song in 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 the festival in uh, next Saturday, so I had like six days to uh, prepare. And then, you know, the, the media, the Swedish media and, and the European media, they, they went crazy about this, you know, because uh, this never, this have, had, have happened for a long time that uh, they changed the artist in, in the middle of the Melody Festival, you know. So uh, the media really wanted to talk to me, but I had to rehearse and do a lot of other stuff. But then we went to, to Gothenburg. The media was, uh, <laughs> they were really happy to see me if, if you... If you say that <laughs> it wasn't like in 2001, then it was complete opposite of 2001, more like 95. Yeah, <laughs> I checked your discography and found a very hidden gem right. that you recorded together with Charlotte Perelli, Penilla oh. Wahlgren and the musical singer Niklas Andersson. Do you know what I'm talking about now? We were, uh, you know in the same management for a while yeah um, maybe around uh, 2005 six, seven or something everyone maybe. in this project have a melody festival and um ties yes i don't really recall what what we're talking about here this song was composed by nick borgen oh was it for some uh, competition? OS uh, Olympic uh, para para Olympic. Yes, for the Swedish Handicap Sports Association. That's right. And uh, I heard this uh, demo of the song, and uh, I felt like, yeah, I wanted to do this for this occasion, but I didn't really enjoy the demo so much. <laughs> so I made I, I made a completely new pr- production of the song. So I produced it. I I, oh. I did uh, like a ska version of of uh, of this uh, of this song, and they uh, they liked it. So I, I worked day and night with this for a while. But I didn't know that um, I, di- I, do- I don't recall that we were so many artists uh, singing singing it, and I didn't really see the result. But uh, okay. That, that I would like to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I would like to hear it. You may say I'm crazy.
life is a roller coaster and we all know about your peaks. Would you like to open up about the lows? Yeah, sure. You know, I've been sober for uh, 12 years now. Good work. Thank you very much. I'm very happy for that. And um, in my life, I have been like uh, driving the car as fast as possible straight ahead. And sometimes uh, you crash a little bit, get tired. And uh, I retired a little bit. And how to cope with the stress and uh, everything around me during this time. I went to alcohol and uh, I went to partying and I could sit, you know, in a restaurant by myself having a couple of beers. And um, that was not a good thing because uh, you get more and more isolated and uh, lonely after a while. So it's uh, not good. So and then you don't really take care of the problems as they show up, as as they show for every every person they have the problems and if you solve the problems with uh, alcohol they will never be solved you know they will just feel better for for the time being so nowadays uh, of course i have ups and downs and problems and but I, but i can easily solve them today so i i don't always feel you know super, super good but uh, it's more more balanced i'm uh, i'm happy to take that step in uh, 2008 so um, when it's partying when you're successful when everything is going going your way you don't feel like you're having a problem you you feel like you're having a good time or or you have uh, your life is uh, like a party but then it's like a roller coaster you have to be able to cope when you go down and uh, it's in this, uh, if you leave the party and the success and everything, and then you go down in the cellar, if you want to call it that way, then it's uh, it's hard to cope with loneliness and uh, em- feeling empty, things like that. So m- me, like many people, we go to alcohol and uh, feel a little bit better for time being. But uh, it doesn't solve the problems. It just uh, makes them worse. So um, in 2008, I took the step to uh, stop drinking. And I, um, when I engaged my uh, now, now wife, Jenny, then we had a little champagne to celebrate. But otherwise, I don't, I don't drink anymore. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, would you like to take part in Melody Festival again? Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? If if it's a, a song that um, that is good for me, that that uh, it's good for my my audience that know me. If I if I see what how which people listen to me, it's like uh, my my age, like from forty up to seventy or something. So if I do something that I I like, if I stand for and they they like then it's uh, no problem, then I can uh, do it. But if, if I should do something speculative or something that I don't like, then it's not good for me. Uh, if I do a song that I really enjoy, then it doesn't matter how it goes in the competition. It will be good for me anyway to, to do a good song. They will remember that song uh, anyway, because 
many of, of us uh, a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> we might, you know, not go so far in the competition, you know. Could happen. I don't say it, it will be like this, but uh, in many cases, you don't go so far. Maybe the the ones who's voting are a little bit younger most most of the times. Yeah. But if it's a song that uh, I really enjoy and uh, my audience will enjoy, then why not? Thank you so much for this nice talk, Janne. Thank you very much, Emil. And nice talking to you. And uh, I'd like to say hi to all the Eurovision and Melody Festival fans out there in Europe and in the world and Australia, because Australia is a part of Europe also nowadays, right? Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to you, dear listeners out there in the world. I'm so proud and thankful that you are listening, writing to me and sharing my episodes on your social media. You can contact me with suggestions, questions, opinions, or whatever you feel like by emailing me at emil.schlagervarnerna.se or through Eurovision Legends on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe so you're always updated with new episodes. I hope to meet you next year in Melody Festival and with your own song, Janne. Yeah, thank you. We keep fingers crossed. Yes, we definitely do. (laughs) 